Welcome to TechTastic, the podcast that explores the cutting-edge world of technology and its impact on society. New breakthroughs and developments are revolutionizing the world around us, presenting exciting opportunities as well as complex challenges. We'll explore the big ideas and key players driving these transformations as we seek to understand the implications of these advancements for our lives, our communities, and our planet. Join us on this journey of discovery and exploration as we navigate the fascinating and ever-evolving world of technology. This is TechTastic. Andre Mikov, it's such a pleasure to have you on It's TechTastic. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Christian. Excited to be here. Thanks. I'm very interested in what you're doing, what your business does. It's timely for me. So I have a new startup. I also have the podcast. Arguably, the podcast should probably be trademarked. <laughs> Maybe it should be. Yes, it should be. Uh, the company, Vala AI, is about to launch. It's going to launch in a month with its private protected launch, and then it'll get bigger and bigger and bigger as we go out to bigger and bigger audiences. Uh, the reason we're doing that is just protecting our systems while we scale them up. Uh, we get them ready for like massive adoption. And so it's a good time to talk about trademarks. We have a very large law firm that represents us, Auric, and we have internal counsel, who's my COO. And this is a topic that's come up a couple times. When we formed the company, Vala AI, the day before I registered the domain name, I wanted Vala.com or I wanted Vala.ai or both. The day before somebody registered both of those names, and so oh. like literally the day before, and I hadn't even searched for it. So it wasn't somebody like sniping or anything like that, right? Just for whatever reason that came up and, and everybody was paying attention to it. And now there's like four companies with the name. Jesus. Yeah, so it's kind of a mess. However, because we have good lawyers, we were first to market, we had a bunch of things going for us, we could fight that battle. The lesson from that though is you have to fight the battle and it's more expensive to fight the battle than if we'd just gone in and registered the trademark from day one and made sure that we got the domain before we even started the business. Well, I think we can end the interview right there because you basically said it best. <laughs> but no, in, in, in all seriousness, this is what I have a huge problem with the legal industry about because the way law firms operate is they work from the perspective of what does the law say about this rather than from the perspective of what's the most practical thing to do. Mm -hmm. And from the legal perspective, you being first to market and you being able to provide evidence that you came up with this and you started marketing under this brand first, from the legal perspective, yes, in the US, you can prove that you have what's called a common law trademark as long as you've made the brand known enough to enough people. But from the practical perspective as an entrepreneur, as a business owner who's trying to build that business off the ground rather than from the perspective of a plaintiff who's going to two years from now win the case, like this is the stupidest idea to rely on this provision of common law because first of all, it's going to take time. Second of all, it's going to cost you a lot of money. And third of all, there's still uncertainty, right? You're not certain that they're going to win because who knows, maybe those other guys can also provide evidence that they've started doing this first right. and you don't know, right? Whereas you showing the judge a simple piece of paper that says you registered this trademark, that's it, right? And you uh, having filed your trademark first means that USPTO examiner who looks at those other guys filing the same trademark three days later is gonna suspend their application until yours registers. And once yours registers, 
they're going to deny theirs. That's it, right? It's a much simpler process for which trademarks were invented. Right? The whole idea of registering trademarks came from the, the concern that, hey, people come up with brands and they need to find a way to protect them somehow before uh, they had this common law when we would go to court and say, well, you know, I've been making these gadgets uh, forever. I'm known on, in this city, in this town for making these gadgets and these bad people are trying to pass off as me, right? And they're getting unfair advantage. Let's have them not do this, right? And then at some point when businesses started growing when it was no longer just one guy, you know, making shoes in the city, but it was becoming an enterprise and, uh, you know, the capitalism grew. They realized, oh, we actually have to give these people a more robust way of protecting their rights. That's why they came up with trademarks. So why would someone in the 21st century want to go back to the tools that they had in 19th is beyond me. Agreed. It's daunting when you're an entrepreneur stepping into, there, there's a thousand things that you need to do, right? When you're first starting a company and there's a, like a hierarchy of Maslow's hierarchy of needs kind of view. And for me, like air is the first thing you always need to survive as a human being and air for a company is capital. So the first thing you always do is you worry about having enough money to do anything. With air, you seek water. And what water is, is like having a product or having a service to sell. But what everybody skips over in this whole thing is the two parts of IP that you probably need. One is you have a name that you need to protect because to your point, somebody could be out running around and using it and doing damage to your business because they're selling it and not providing the service. They could you know, like running a scam, right? Or yeah. whatever else, right? Just doing a shoddy job of it or they could just steal what you're doing. The other is the, I'm doing something unique that I invented and I need to protect that also. And we yeah. all know we need to do it but it's almost put into the comfort category. It's way, way later, right? I, I need air, I need water, I need food, I need shelter, I need safety, and then I need comfort. <laughs> I, I know that that's how I tend to think about it too. It's like, oh, we'll get to a patent when we really need to worry about it because it's so difficult. It takes so long to do, and it ends up being expensive because of those two things. But you made the point, and it's exactly right. It's closer to air because it gets closer to that product piece. If somebody's out there and they're stealing it and using your name, you're dead in the water, right? They're gonna be out there doing scams against it. They're gonna be doing a shoddy copy of it, whatever. And the same thing with the product or service that you're offering. There's just nothing for you. You have nothing left. That's everything. So in a lot of ways, it's existential. It's something you have to have. A couple of things in terms of patents. I'm not a patent attorney, but I understand how patents work well enough. With patents, if you have publicly shared your invention like if you put out the product out there and from the product it's obvious how it's made you can't patent it anymore even if it's yours right that makes it even harder for entrepreneurs to start small figure out if it works and then like oh yeah you know the market wants it let's go and patent it at that point they're done they can't yeah. unless you know in the us they've done a provisional and most countries don't even have that luxury of filing for a provisional patent U.S. is pretty much the only one that lets that. But even going back to trademarks, I think it's really more about belief system than anything else. Like I have two favorite examples. One of my favorite examples of getting trademarks sooner rather than later is Bird, the, uh, the electric scooter company. Mm. So they were at least uh, in 2021, the fastest company to have gotten to a billion dollar valuation. 
okay? So here's what these guys did. They formed a company and 13 days after they formed a company, before launches, before they had the product, before they had anything, they filed their, their trademark, right? That was pretty much one of the first things they do. Yeah. To me, them getting to a billion dollar valuation is a good testament to they knew how to get there and they knew that without owning the brand, they wouldn't, right? Because how many scooter companies we have right now? Like <laughs> they're all competing with one another. But when you see a scooter and it has a name in it, you know exactly which one you need to pick up, right? The other example is uh, Coca-Cola. So they filed their trademark in 1892, which incidentally is the same trademark they keep renewing ever since. Yeah. Trademarks is the only type of IP that you can own forever, right? Not patents, not copyrights, only trademarks. And so in 1892 was when they incorporated and when they were selling nine drinks a day. <laughs> I call it a lemonade stand with a dream, right? These guys knew that if they wanted to turn that lemonade stand into a business, then the brand will be their most valuable asset. And well, now it's worth over $80 billion. It really is their most valuable, more than their factories, more than their people, more than anything they own is their brand. But the, the only way you own a brand is by having that trademarked. I worked at Nike long enough helping them build an innovation center, which is a whole thing. But Nike knows that they're just a brand. Actually, that is an incorrect way of saying it. It's not just anything. Nike is a brand. They put the swoosh on something and they can sell it because you're not buying the shoe or the shirt or the basketball, you're buying Nike. And from the very beginning, it's part of their entire myth of creation and everything. It's yeah. Nike is a brand. And it's more true today than it was 20 years ago because 20 years ago, counterfeit shoes were crap. They were garbage, Yeah. right? And when you see how people copied the sneakers 20 years ago or 30 years ago, like you had glue all over the place. You had like everything was horrible. Today, the quality of the counterfeits, and I live in Dubai, right? There's a lot of it here. <laughs> uh, the quality, it's, it's almost indistinguishable. So them being able to enforce that brand means more today than it meant before. Because back in the day, you, you could at least say you're buying the brand and the quality. Now you're just buying the brand. That's exactly it. When was the last time you changed the brand for your toothpaste? Uh, in college. <laughs> so 30 years ago. You call it, yeah. you call it my toothpaste brand. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy, really. And I'd say it's the same for most people, right? We find something that we think works and we just keep buying and buying and buying from them. That's where the trust goes. But this is LTV to them. Yeah. Lifetime value. Yeah. Right. Once they sold you on this, like they have to do something incredibly stupid <laughs> to switch to someone else. And that's another reason why brands are so important. 10 years ago, you started this company and your yep. your plan was to fundamentally shift uh, to completely alter the landscape around intellectual property, specifically trademarks. Yep. So what is it that you do that is so different than me going to my law firm and that Byzantine world that I have to deal with today? All right. First off, I'm going to give you a 10 second pitch and then Good. we can do the discussion. So we're the only firm in the world that offers trademark registration services with a guaranteed result for a guaranteed budget, which means that we sell you the result. We don't sell you the process. We don't sell you the labor pains. We sell you the baby. <laughs> uh, because really entrepreneurs don't care no. how good of attorneys are working on their case. 
All they care about, did my trademark get registered or did it get rejected? Yep. And so because it's so binary and because you really can't sell the idea, hey, you know, our lawyers are better than those lawyers. How would you know? <laughs> right. Everyone says the exact same thing. So I was in a situation like, how do we create a no brainer of an offer for entrepreneurs who are serious about their brands, who are serious about, you know, making their brands more valuable and who are serious about protecting them. And I thought, well, let's say that if they can't get the result that we told them we're going to get for them, we're going to give them all their money back. And um, when I came up with this idea uh, in 2013, I went to my first into meeting, which is like a meeting of international meeting of trademark attorneys from around the world. Like imagine 10,000 trademark lawyers in one room. That's what it wow, is. Wow. Sounds like a party. <laughs> <I know. laughs> and so the Dallas, Texas, and uh, I was so scared to go there. I really wanted to have something that would set me apart from everyone else. And so I said, we're going to do one flat fee that's going to be from start to finish, no matter what happens, no matter how complicated, uh, that's going to take care of all office actions, that's going to care, take care of all, everything, right? And if we don't give you the result that we said we're going to give you, we're going to give all of the money that you paid us back. And everyone told me I was nuts. <laughs> everyone told me this cannot be done because I said, well, what if this? And what if we get an office? I go, what if that? I'm like, well, that's the whole point. And everyone told me I was not. I'm like, great. This is the perfect validation <laughs> that you're not going to be doing this when I launch it. Yeah. And we went ahead and did it. So I grew this company well into seven figures and uh, we're working hard on getting that to eight. And really, this is my very first business. Oh, wow. Like I was a lawyer for God knows how many years. And uh, this is with my very first venture into starting my own company. And I probably made a million stupid mistakes as a business owner. Uh, sure. like, we did so much wrong. Uh, we had, <laughs> we wasted money on this. We made like, but the one thing that kept us afloat is the offer. Yeah. Because if it wasn't for the offer, I'd be bankrupt many times over. But <laughs> because we have this no brainer of an offer, you know, we probably didn't make as much as we should have, but at least we're still in the game. Because when you explain this to someone that, hey, for 3K, you're going to get your brand trademarked or you're going to get your 3K back. Yeah, that's pretty, if, that's, a, like, that's a great unless offer. Unless you're expecting to get, you know, your trademark done for $69, really, <laughs> like, uh, then, then this becomes, a, you know, a no brainer of an offer. When you're starting a company, you're giving birth to it. You bring it into the world. This is your child, right? And mm -hmm. the most frustrating part is all the ambiguity you have around certain parts of it that you have no control over. Just like, I mean, like having a child is probably very similar to that. Like, I don't know if it's gonna be a boy or a girl, like until an ultrasound tells me, I don't know if it's gonna survive and become a functioning adult until it's a functioning adult, right? The yeah. process with trademarks though is so Byzantine, so slow and so expensive that yeah. you don't, I don't even know if I get to be my company name until I do. And up until that exact moment, it's anxiety, it's frustration, it's pain. And so yeah. for uh, me to hear it, I'm like, no, that's a good deal. 3000 bucks sounds like a lot of money. It's not because just taking that stress, that waiting and the not knowing off the table, that's a good deal. And plus anybody who tells you that they're going to get you a trademark for $69 is running a scam. Like there's zero chance. <laughs> you can file your trademark for $69, yes. which will state that you self-piloted, 
right? And by the way, USPTO has shut down a few companies, basically killed thousands of trademark applications filed through those scam firms with innocent brand owners. Like they they, they paid someone 69 bucks, turned out some Chinese company, uh, and USPTO is like, they are improperly saying that clients are filing by themselves when they're not. And they're like, oof, imagine you're a business owner and you, you think you're doing everything right. <laughs> and you file that trademark and then you get a notification from USPTO saying that, you know what, we cancel your trademark application, do it again. And yeah, it's never a fun experience. I, I'm really curious about one thing that we haven't talked about. We've only got a couple of minutes left, but mm. one of the things that's happening in almost every industry is AI is a disruptive force. It's able to do a lot of stuff, especially when it comes to legal arcana, things that yeah. are in the that we're not familiar with. Are you starting to leverage AI in your process today? And uh, if not, why not? <laughs> all right, so uh, it's a great question. First of all, I can't remember who said this. It wasn't me, but uh, I loved it. They, they, he said that it's not about the war between humans and AI. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not that AI is going to replace humans. It's the war between humans who use AI and humans who don't. Uh, and uh, humans who don't use AI are at massive disadvantage oh, yes. compared to people who do. <laughs> Uh, so we do use AI for many things. I don't think AI unsupervised will be good enough to, to do trademarks for a long time. Supervised, it gives you a tremendous advantage because it allows you to find stuff faster. It allows you to replace mechanical tasks faster, but trademark stuff is really as good as your understanding of what you're trying to get out of it. Uh, so all the searches, of course, they're AI driven. Really, this is where our process starts, right? We do a comprehensive yeah. to tell you if a brand is trademarkable or not, because we're not suicidal to give you a guarantee on something that cannot be done, right? We're going to tell you right away. And if you don't want to move forward, we're just going to give you a 3K back, or you can do as many kicks as they can until you come up with a brand that you love and then we tell you it's trademarkable. We tried a bunch of software, a bunch of platforms that do trademark searches, that help us do trademark searches. A search really is two components. One is the universe of stuff that it finds. And two is your ability to interpret that into a meaningful conclusion, whether this is doable or not. Yeah. Right. And uh, there are more and more platforms popping up, of course, uh, that do trademark searches. Some of them are really, really bad at giving you the proper universe of trademarks for us to look at. Uh, they try to too much to make conclusions for humans and they're not doing a good job at that, right? And we had a luxury of being able to compare. We just run the same search in multiple platforms and we see like this gave us this result and this result and this result. These are critical for you to know that they're there, right? But this platform didn't and this platform didn't. So like we can't rely on this platform because our money is you know, at stake because we are to give the refund if we miss that. So AI is helpful. We use it for marketing. We use it for content generation to some degree. We use it for searches. But again, we use it with supervision with humans on top of it. I've said that it's a lot like fire. A fire can either heat your home or burn it down. Yep. The difference is, is a human being paying attention to the fire? The AI is exactly the same. Like it, it can either do a tremendous amount of the, the busy work and get it out of your way. But if a human being isn't sitting there and looking at the results and saying, nope, bad, or yeah, that's great. You've got, you're making a mistake. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Andre, it was a pleasure having you on. I want to give you a chance because we're actually out of time. I want to give you a chance to like tell the audience like where they could uh, leverage your platform, find out more. Yeah, so trademarkfactory.com. You go there, there's a big button for you to book a free call with one of our strategy advisors. They'll answer all your questions, help you figure out what to start with, where to start with, how to start with. Uh, and uh, that's really the easiest way to do it. And if you mention that you came from this podcast, they'll be able to sweeten the deal for you. So make sure <laughs> to do that. For us, it's a way to track you know, the effectiveness of me being on these interviews, but also a way to say thank you for putting me in front of your audience and a way for indirectly for them to thank you for putting me on. So again, just go to trademarkfactory.com, book your call and tell the strategy advisor you're talking with that you came from Tactic. That's fantastic, Andre. Thank you for being here. And that's a wrap for this episode of TechTastic. I want to thank you personally for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Until then, keep exploring and stay curious. Hey there, TechTastians. Is your team drowning in tech debt and you just wish you had a magic button to fix it? I want to introduce you to Vala AI, your tech debt hero. At Vala AI, we get it. You're busy. That's why we've made fixing tech challenges as easy as a click of a button. You don't need to be an engineer. We empower non-techies to conquer complex tech issues effortlessly. We understand you don't have time for tech headaches. Vala AI is here to lift that tech burden, making your tech debt disappear with a simple click. So ready to say goodbye to tech troubles? Try Vala AI. Your solutions are just a click away.